Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. You are Locked On Yankees, your daily New York Yankees podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome. You're listening to the Lockdown Yankees podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Stacey Gotsoulias. You can find us on Twitter at Lockdown Yankees, all one word. You can find me on Twitter at Stace Gotts. Please feel free to tweet questions or comments to either account. If you're a new listener, hello and welcome. If you're a returning listener, welcome back. I hope you all enjoy today's episode. You should, because the Yankees are moving on to face the Tampa Bay Rays in the Division Series next week, thanks to a heart attack-inducing 10-9 victory over the Cleveland Indians last night. We'll have the recap of the game, we'll have sounds from the game, sounds from after the game, and more. But first, you can get Locked On Yankees and all other Locked On podcasts straight to your phone in Apple Podcasts. Google Podcasts, Himalaya, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. And when you get into your car, you can tell your smart device to play podcast. Locked on Yankees. If I sound tired, it's because I'm tired. That was a lot last night. That game aged me 15 years, possibly. So you're listening to a 61-year-old woman now. I mean, my goodness. The game started off extremely frustrating because they delayed the game while there wasn't rain. They started the game while there was rain. And when they brought the tarp on, at that point, Tanaka was only at 11 pitches. But he was in trouble already. And we didn't know how long the delay was going to last. Thankfully, it only lasted, I think they said, 33 minutes. So he was able to go back out there. And then after he had trouble, he settled in and pitched a pretty good game. His line doesn't look great, but considering the start that he had in the first inning and with the delay and with the fact that he was pitching while a monsoon was happening, it could have been way worse. Cleveland goes up by four. You're thinking, okay, it's still really early. But then you're also thinking Carlos Carrasco is a good pitcher. He mixes his pitches well. He made a lot of Yankees look silly on his breaking ball. And you're just hoping that they can get him out of the game. And that's what happened, essentially. Um, They worked his pitch count up really high. He had, I believe it was 46 pitches after two innings. But then the top of the third, he only threw nine. And that was a little annoying. Because in my head, I was thinking, okay, just take a lot of pitches from him. You'll get him out of the game, get to the bullpen. Even though Cleveland's bullpen is pretty good, I liked the Yankees' chances because it was early, because Cleveland had only scored four to that point. In the top of the second, Giancarlo Stanton hit a home run, his second in as many at-bats, because if you recall the night before, he hit a home run in his last at-bat. And, you know, getting the Yankees within 4-1 was good at that point. Um, 
you're thinking, okay, chip away, it's still only the second inning. After a scoreless bottom of the second, top of the third, bottom of the third, the Yankees exploded for four runs in the top of the fourth, thanks to, well, a number of things. Let's go through them, shall we? And then I'll play some highlights because I love listening to this. So Aaron Hicks starts things off with a triple that should have been an out, but thanks to Delino DeShields, who took a really bad route, then realized, "Uh uh-oh, and then slipped on the wet ground, allowed Hicks to stand up at third. Luke Voigt walked, Giancarlo Stanton walked, then they brought James Karinchak. Karinchak? Is that how? I heard them say his name 15 times last night. He looks like Wild Thing. He comes into Wild Thing's music. He has the haircut like Wild Thing. And Gio Urshela works him to a 3-2 count. And my brother says to me, he's going to throw him a meatball. Gio's going to bash the shit out of it and hit a grand slam. And no more than a second later, this happened. Having a little trouble locating so far tonight. Full count pitch to Urshela. A swing and a drive to left field. Gio Urshela's hit a grand slam! My brother jumped up from the couch, high-fived me. We were all excited, at least for the moment, because in my head I'm thinking there's way too much ball game left and a one-run lead isn't enough. And of course I was right. The Yankees had another chance to score. After Gleyber Torres walked, Brett Gardner walked, then Phil Maton came in to replace Karinchak. Then Gary Sanchez flied out to Taylor Naquin. DJ LeMahieu grounded out, although that did advance Torres and Gardner to second and third. But then Aaron Judge hit a first pitch fly out to Tyler Naquin to end the inning, but the damage was done, and the Yankees were up 5-4. The bottom of the fourth... Tanaka gets a 1-2-3 inning and makes a really good play to end the fourth inning. Tanaka was flashing some leather there when Delino DeShields bunted a ball to him. And in one swift motion, he scooped the ball and scooped it out to Luke Voigt to get the last out. So that was pretty exciting. The Yankees scored again in the top of the fifth. Aaron Hicks walked. Luke Voigt hit a double that advanced Hicks to third. Giancarlo Stanton hit a sack fly to score Hicks. Voight made it to third. Gio Urshela reached on a fielder's choice. They got Voight out at home. While Glaber Torres was batting, Phil Maton balked. So Urshela advanced to second. Then Glaber Torres grounded out to first to end the inning. So it's 6-4 Yankees, but it didn't last for long. Francisco Lindor doubled. Cesar Hernandez walked. Chad Green comes in to replace Masahiro Tanaka. On the second pitch he sees, Jose Ramirez hits a double that scores Lindor and Hernandez to tie the game. Then Carlos Santana strikes out on a foul tip. Fran Mil Reyes strikes out swinging. There's another mound visit. Then Josh Naylor flies out to Aaron Judge to end the inning, but the game is tied. Stacy's annoyed. (laughs) This game was a roller coaster, okay? As I said at the beginning, this game aged me. And my God, I feel hungover right now. In a moment, we'll be recapping the second half of the game, but first... Hey, it's Sully from Locked On MLB. Hey, Stacey Gotsoulias, how are you? Let me tell you what I've been doing here in California. I've been working on my car. You don't have a car, do you? No, I do not. Well, let me tell you something. I've been maintaining my car, and it's really smart to repair and maintain your car because you can save money, and I can use that money for important things like my mortgage or my food. And let me ask you, 
would you spend 30%, 50%, 100% more for the exact same auto part at a chain store or a new car dealership? Does that seem smart to you? No, it does not. That's why I go to rockauto.com. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique, remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands and specifications you prefer. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com So in the bottom of the fifth, the Indians tied up the game. In the top of the sixth, the Yankees took another lead thanks to Gary Sanchez. Gary! Tristan McKenzie came in to replace Phil Maton. Tristan McKenzie was very skinny. And as I was looking at him and he turned to the side and I saw just how thin he was, I was trying to think of who he reminded me of. Then a friend of mine in our group Slack mentioned Eduardo Ramirez. And that's who he reminded me of the rest of the time he was in the game. So he walks Brett Gardner and this brings Gary Sanchez to the plate. And once again, the Yankees take a lead. Big at bat here for Gary Sanchez, who's been under the spotlight of New York City. One swing can turn things around here for, for, for Big Gary. Mm. A drive out to oh, right oh, field. Oh, it's oh. carrying Naquin all the way to the wall. He leaps and it's gone. Gary Sanchez has untied the 6 6 score. And the Yankees go back out on top. Two things from that highlight. One, A-Rod set up Gary Sanchez for that moment by saying, this is a big at bat, he needs something, blah, blah, blah. And then boom, he hits the home run. Two, you can hear A-Rod in the background while the ball was carrying out because at first it looked like a pop out and then the ball just kept carrying and you can hear him say, oh, oh, in the background, which I think is really funny. And I know that non-Yankee fans were not appreciating A-Rod openly cheering for the Yankees, but he's a former Yankee. He admits that he pulls for them in every game and, you know, ESPN hired him and you're going to have to deal with it. But woof, last night was not fun for me. I had to mute the game a couple of times because Matt Vaskersian was driving me insane. He does not let the moment speak for itself. He has to yap the entire time, and it drives me up the wall. So after Sanchez's home run, Tristan McKenzie settles down. He gets LeMayhew to ground out, Judge to ground out, Hicks to ground out. In the top of the seventh, Luke Voigt walks... Giancarlo Stanton strikes out swinging. Then while Gio Urshela is up, Boone brings in Tyler Wade to replace Luke Voigt. Now Luke Voigt in that rundown where he was out at home a couple of innings before, I mean, he was already limping, but he looked like he was limping a little bit more on that bum foot. So I was a little surprised to see him up in the seventh, but again, he worked a walk, so he did a good job at the plate. Again, Wade replaces him. Then Gio Rochelle is called out on strikes. Gleyber Torres reaches on an error by Jose Ramirez. Tyler Wade makes it to second. After a mound visit, Nick Wittgren 
replaces McKenzie, and Brett Gardner strikes out on four pitches. Now, this is the inning that made me want to pull out my hair. So LeMahieu goes to first, Tyler Wade is at second, Cesar Hernandez strikes out swinging, Jose Ramirez grounds out. There's two outs. Okay. And oh, Zach Britton's in the game. Did I mention that? I didn't mention that because he came in in the bottom of the sixth and Cleveland didn't score in the bottom of the sixth. So Zach Britton is pitching. He gets two outs. Then he walks Carlos Santana. Then he walks Fran Mill Reyes. Now it's Josh Naylor's turn in the lineup, but they pinch hit Jordan Luplau. Or Luplo? Luplo. I think that's how you say it. And Jonathan Loisaga comes in to replace Zach Britton because he just was not, he couldn't find the zone. Luplo hits a double to tie the game. <gasps> then Loisaga hits Roberto Perez with a pitch. There's an injury delay because it hit him in a, I think by his wrist. Then Tyler Naquin grounds into a force out on the first pitch. Thank goodness. Ends the inning, but it's tied. In the top of the eighth, Gary Sanchez strikes out. DJ LeMahieu walks. Aaron Judge walks. Aaron Hicks grounds into a force out. LeMahieu makes it to third. Hicks is safe at first. Then they pinch hit Clint Frazier for Tyler Wade, and he strikes out swinging on three pitches. So the Yankees had a chance to maybe score there, but didn't. Then in the bottom of the eighth, the Indians score a run to take the lead. Not great, Bob. Delino DeShields walks. Francisco Lindor walks. Aroldis Chapman comes in to replace Jonathan Loisaga. And Cesar Hernandez hits a first pitch single to score DeShields to put Cleveland up 9-8. Chapman gets Jose Ramirez to strike out swinging. And then the biggest play of the game happens right at this moment. On the ground, sharply hit. Great play by Urshela to LeMahieu for one, and the Yankees turn the double play. Wow! Gio Urshela throws the ball from his ass to second base to get the lead runner. Then they throw to Mike Ford at first to get the trailing runner for the double play. This is the biggest play of the game. It feels like it's the biggest play of the game as it happened, and then it turned out, yes, it was the biggest play of the game because the Yankees rally in the top of the ninth. Brad Hand comes in to replace Nick Wittgren. Giancarlo Stanton walks. Then Mike Tockman comes in to replace Stanton as a pinch runner. Gio Urshela hits a ground ball single up the middle to Delino DeShields in center. Mike Tockman makes it to second. Gleyber Torres hits a single off Brad Hand's hand <laughs> to load the bases. Now Brett Gardner strikes out swinging. So there's an out there. Then Gary Sanchez hits a sack fly to score Tockman. Gary! And DJ LeMayhew hits a single up the middle that's reminiscent of the Luis Soho single up the middle in Game 5 of the 2000 World Series. Gio Urshela scores. Glaber makes it to third. LeMayhew makes it to second. DJ! There was also a fielding error on DeShields on that play. So the Yankees are up 10-9. I'm still not comfortable with them only being up by one run because of the way this game went. So the bottom of the ninth. Chapman is in for his second inning. He gets Franmil Reyes to strike out on three pitches. Jordan Luplo grounds out. Then Oscar Mercado comes in to replace Sandy Leone. 
He strikes out swinging, but there's a pass ball by Gary Sanchez. And you know what? I'm not going to blame Sanchez on this because of the way the pitch went. It was fine. Although at the moment it didn't feel fine because you're thinking, oh God, they have a runner on base. What's going to happen? Then Austin Hedges comes in to pinch hit for Tyler Naquin. And Chapman strikes him out swinging to end the game. The Yankees win 10-9. Our long national nightmare is over. Four hours, 50 minutes later. And to make it even funnier, the game between the Brewers and the Dodgers that started at 10 p.m. Eastern ended only 11 minutes after the Yankees-Cleveland game. Following the game, Aaron Boone spoke to the media Gary Sanchez spoke to the media, Gio Urshela spoke to the media, and Masahiro Tanaka spoke to the media. Let's hear from the hero of the game, Gio Urshela. Gio, what's your approach when you step to the play with the bases loaded in that fourth inning? Uh, trying to to get a pitch to hit. Uh, uh, I went to 3-2 count, um, trying to to put the ball in play, uh, sacrifice and anything in there. Um Thank God uh, I got the, the Hummer. You had an unbelievable double play to get them out of the eighth inning where you threw the ball from the ground. Are you even in awe of some of the plays that you make out there at times? Yeah, that was a huge play for us, for all the team. Uh, uh, trying to, to save that runner. Um, that helped the, the team to, to get that energy to, to keep fighting the game. And Aaron Boone said that he spoke to you guys after the game in the clubhouse. What was his message? Uh, we haven't um, uh, winged anything yet. We got to keep moving forward, uh, keep with that uh, positive mind. And we're going to San Diego now to, to keep the, the same mentality. During the post-game show last night on Yes, Buck Showalter said something so funny. And I know he meant it to be obnoxious because Michael Kay even laughed when he said it, but he basically insulted Tropicana Field and talked about how lucky the Yankees are that they're not stuck going down there to play the Rays in the series and that they're going to a neutral site. He referred to it as that place where they play baseball in Tampa. And he said it so obnoxiously that I couldn't help but giggle because if you've listened to this podcast long enough, you know how much I can't stand Tropicana Field. If you follow me on Twitter, you know I refer to it as the slop, and I feel the same way as Buck Walter. I am so happy that, one, the Yankees will be playing the Rays in a neutral site. Two, the Yankees have most of their players back, because for a lot of the games that they played the Rays this season, they were not at full strength. So this is going to be totally different than the regular season. I know the Rays beat up on the Yankees and won 8 out of 10 games, but it's the playoffs, the Yankees were able to turn it on against Cleveland. I know last night was a bit of a show, but hey, if the Yankees keep scoring 10 or more runs a game, they'll definitely make it to the World Series, as long as they don't allow 10 or more runs. So there's an optional workout today in Cleveland, and then the Yankees will be heading to San Diego. Why did I say that so strangely? San Diego to face the Rays. The series begins on Monday, so we have a few days to recover from last night, and thankfully we have those few days because when I woke up this morning, I felt like I needed it. I can't be the only one who felt hungover when they woke up this morning. I really can't. That game, just the length of it alone was tiring, but the back and forth and the constant stress, why do we want our teams to be in the playoffs? 
I'm so happy that there are a few games today that I am not emotionally invested in so I can just sit back, relax, and enjoy the game of baseball instead of being a stress ball. My my neck, my jaw, my back, everything was killing me when that game ended. Even my wrists were killing me after that game ended because my entire body was just tense. So for tomorrow, I'm not doing a preview of the series because I'm not going to know the matchups and all that good stuff. But I will know it on Monday in time for Monday's game. So look for Monday's show. It'll be a full preview of the division series between the Yankees and Tampa. As for tomorrow, I think we're going to take a trip back to the 1970s and talk about an infamous game that happened on October 2nd, 1978. Why not? I know it's not a special anniversary. 42 isn't a number that you think of when it comes to anniversaries, unless you're thinking of, obviously, Jackie Robinson or Mariano Rivera. But I think it would be fun to look back at the October 2nd, 1978 game, especially if you didn't experience it. I don't really remember it, honestly. I was four years old when it happened, but I know it was a big deal, and it gave my mother's favorite player, Bucky Dent, his infamous nickname in Boston. So yeah, look for that tomorrow. And for now, that's it for this episode of Locked On Yankees, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'd like to remind you that you can subscribe to this show in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Himalaya, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. And when you get into your car, you can tell your smart device to play podcast. Locked On Yankees. One more thing, if you could be so kind, please rate the podcast and spread the word about this podcast to your fellow Yankee fans. We would really appreciate it. Enjoy your Thursday. Try to recover from last night, and I will talk to you all tomorrow. Tomorrow.